Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities isn't just a statement. It is Central Bank's past and future. It is their successes and challenges. It is more than 110 years of service that spans across 140 plus locations. Strong roots, endless possibilities. That means that they're here for you. Learn more at centralbank.net, member FDIC. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Uh, good morning and welcome to episode 8, 3, 8, down, 2, dunk, I am Luke, joining this morning by Andrew, slam through, Taylor, We've been spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. Oh. Churn butter once or twice, living in an Amish paradise. Oh. It's hard work and sacrifice, living in. Slam through. And Jay. It's Jay. Hey, uh, we're live on YouTube. Hello to Scott B from New Zealand and M Webb. M Webb. What's up, YouTube? What's up, guys? Thanks Brit for watching. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam Presti did a uh, a press conference of sorts over he he did not want to use Zoom. He wanted to use Microsoft Teams. You guys use Teams uh, before? Right, yeah. No, yeah. we we have yeah. it, but we don't use. It's it. My first encounter that, with that Teams. Microsoft money. How is it? Uh, it was fine once I got into it. it took took me a minute to be honest. Um, but anyways, he answered some questions. Uh, really, the only... N- there were, a, I guess, a couple newsy things that he talked about. The first was that they're using the May 8th as a guideline, not necessarily saying that's exactly when the players will come back to the practice facility for the Thunder. So he said they're in communication with their players at all times, trying to figure out what's best for them how to keep them healthy. And so we'll see if they come back to the facilities then or who does and if they do, how they follow the guidelines and whatnot. But uh, that's kind of newsy. He was also asked about Billy Donovan's status with within the team. He's, he's an expiring contract. Uh, and so he said he basically was like I've, we've loved having him as the coach for the last five years it's been great and you know i look forward to sitting down with him and discussing that after this after you know all this is over or if we have a season if we don't have a season we'll sit down and we'll have a conversation about it so which is kind of interesting i think that's an interesting storyline to follow for OKC moving forward is is Billy Donovan going to be the coach for the Thunder moving into the next Thunder era? 
because he's been great this year. I think he's been underrated this year. But, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on Billy as the coach moving forward? I think <laughs> this is a lot of radio silence. I think it's the perfect situation for Billy to be the coach, to be honest. Like, the harder one was the coming in in that high-stress year, having three evolutions of the team, like all of those major things. That's the hardest part for Billy. I think a team that's um, young, moldable, needs to be developed. Like, I think it's you could see the best version of Billy Donovan. I think that's why I would say I could, I, I pretty clearly could see Sam this summer extending him three or four years. Um, I don't know. Taylor, what do you, I mean, what do you think, Tay? That's kind of what I think too. After I took that uh, five second delay to think about it, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, this is the best year he's had. And it's also the first year he's had without kd or russ right right? and i think he's i think he's really shown a lot of promise and he's actually had the ability and opportunity to show what he can do as a coach without a personality that's super controlling yeah Uh, he's very clearly been able to work with chris paul it has not felt like those clippers teams where it's like sometimes chris paul's ego takes over sometimes it's doc rivers ego sometimes it's blake griffin's it has not felt like that at all like it's really felt like they've been able to be a cohesive group with billy yeah i think the only thing that would for me that would make any sense for billy not going or not continuing on for the thunder i think the only thing that would make sense is if billy really wanted to go back to the college game which i just don't from what I've heard about the grind of recruiting and all of those, especially with the evolving uh, one and done stuff that's changing like dramatically over this offseason, which is kind of like a buried storyline. Yeah, I think you've had three or four of the top recruits out of high school that have all signed with G League uh, teams or are going to sign in the G League. Mm-hmm. It would be really odd for me to see or think that Billy would leave to go back to the college um, level, but that's the only thing that would make sense because it, it for me is like. You're right, Taylor. You said all the things that make sense to me as well, where it's Billy being able to coach a team that's more – because dealing with Russell Westbrook, and and don't hear this as, as just a condemnation of Russell Westbrook, Russ is, is a really hard – is going to be a hard player for a guy like Billy Donovan to come in and really make uh, into his system um, because you just got to deal with what you have when you come in. But Billy being able to actually create – out of what he wants for a team. That's something to me that I think is actually kind of exciting. Like seeing the fruit of a little bit of that just this season, I think would be huge. So um, unless there was some sort of, there was some sort of chemistry or cultural issue that was permeating the team organization or whatever, or, or some of the players don't really trust or whatever, what Billy's doing, which I don't, I've never sensed. Um, I think that Billy's, I would, I would assume that he'll get some sort of extension this summer. It's also so hard for me to know if an NBA coach – it's very easy to know if an NBA coach is bad, right? It's kind of hard to know if an NBA coach is good unless it's someone like Carlisle or Popovich or these guys that have been in the league for so long. Phil. Because basically yeah. – I mean, yeah, Phil Phil Knight of Nike, <laughs> great basketball coach. <laughs> um, mm. Because it's just – it's kind of like there's – you're. Working with so much talent, especially if you have guys like Harden or you have guys like Chris Paul that are running the team, Mm -hmm. there's so much talent. 
it's hard for us to really see what is the coach really doing because it's probably a lot of ego management it's probably a lot of behind the scenes stuff it's probably a lot of keeping people happy it, but it's not it's just hard to see a lot of on the court benefits yeah. i think that's one of the most intriguing things about coaching is is you have some coaches i, I think phil jackson watching the last dance what you see with him is he is the maybe the greatest coach in the history of the nba at managing people mm-hmm. um he was just masterful at it in every way and the rodman stuff and just their connection and some of it's just kind of his demeanor um, but i think that's where he excels um and then you have coaches like uh, rick carlisle or, an, or eric spolster which have such a defined brand of basketball that they play that you see that they're more defined by their x's and o's um and so it's hard. Like it's hard to see what you you can define the elite coaches, but I think you look at let's I mean Coach Bud and Milwaukee, where coming out of Atlanta, people are like, ah, we just don't know about this guy. So all of a sudden, is he great, or was it the perfect situation? Yeah. Um, and it's still there's still a bunch of detractors that would say, well, until he proves it with this team and and his team can play better, come the playoffs, we don't know. Like it's re- defining success or, um good quality coaching in the NBA is not really that easy, right? No doubt. I mean, this is your, you're defining the best of the best. You're defining different stages of greatness. You know, if you become an NBA coach, you're one of 30 in the world. I mean, it's, it's incredibly difficult and you're right, Taylor, like the ones that are bad, you know, they're bad. You know, Earl Watson showed that he was a really bad coach really fast and he was out of there quick. But if you're a, if you're a guy that has any kind of staying power, you know, and a lot of the bad ones are guys that go like straight from being a player to a coach or, you know, from broadcaster to a coach like, oh, boy, OK, they're in over yeah. their head kind of thing. But if you're Billy Donovan and you were probably a Hall of Fame coach even before you came to the NBA, like he's a good coach. Uh, and his his success will be defined by his players essentially from there. So what? You, so so speaking kind of into that is is you have a guy like Kenny Atkinson in New Jersey, mm-hmm. or excuse me, in Brooklyn, and and I I, I don't know and I don't know enough about X's and O's, and I don't watch the Nets close enough to really be able to define how great of a coach I think he is. But the consensus among a majority of people is that he is a good coach. Mm-hmm. Like that's a majority statement, I would say. But yet, this is the complication of coaching in the NBA. Didn't matter. It didn't matter that Kenny Atkinson is is a good coach, and there, I think the Knicks should hire him, or you know, like one of these teams looking to rebuild should hire him. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter because Kyrie and Kevin Durant wanted somebody different. They yeah. want Tyron Lue, who we're not sure he ever actually did coach. Right? Like, <laughs> did he coach? Dude, that's such a good point. I was thinking about that too because you have guys like who was the coach of Memphis and then he went to coach Dave Yeager. Like Dave Yeager, you have these guys that have really successful starts or really successful stints with teams and then they're like, okay, this guy's a really good coach. And the next thing you know, you haven't heard their name in three years or whatever it is. And they're they're getting him out of there. And that's something that's so hard for the NBA too is just because a coach gets fired doesn't mean he's bad like if you're a good coach in the nba you can still get fired and still like reasonable 
Yeah, well, look at mm-hmm. so you. I mean, look at Mike Malone, right? Yeah, Mike Malone wasn't he fired by the Kings to hire Dave Yeager? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Dave Yeager is fired after the Kings have their best season in a while. And then and people are like, "This new- they hire Luke Walton," and they're like, "Well, Dave Yeager actually has <laughs> yeah. outperformed Luke Walton. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Malone couldn't make it to the Kings. That has the Nuggets as one of the tops. Yeah, like, exactly. that's the complication of coaching the NBA. Is you can't. I'm assuming there are some elite coaches that maybe could take a pile of garbage and make them into a decent team, but it all matters about the 15 guys, you know, or the 10 guys that play on your team. Like if you if you don't have the talent to be successful. Um, which is why I wonder what Billy would do. Like Billy knowing that they're in, like Sam's not holding back the plans for what this team's going to be from Sam or from Billy. And so Billy, does Billy want to endure that to where he's the guy that you sure you get to be the one that recreates it, but you're also the one that gets to undergo the scrutiny of three 21 seasons, you know, like, or does Sam, or does Sam want Billy to be that is another question. Yeah. Right. Which I don't know who, I mean, you always, it's the same thing we said with Scott Brooks. It's like, if you're going to get rid of a coach, you always have to bring in somebody. And I just don't know who'd be in the pipeline that Sam would be excited about. Well, one more thing about Billy. I mean, he's 54. Is he going to die soon? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's a good question. You have to wonder. Yeah, I think it's, it's something to monitor. I don't know. I mean, that we ha- we did have a question about it from. Oh boy, I don't have it. Oh lord. Sorry, guys. I'll find it. But it is a it is something certainly to monitor because I can't say with any certainty that Billy will be back next year. Uh, I think he's been from, really good. It's from Co- Cody Mankin said it. Uh, the comeback, comeback kid. kid. Yep. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I don't know honestly. I I I mean I I'm so uncertain. I would put it at like fifty fifty right now. Whether, really? Whether he's back? I don't feel. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel like Sam gave a good enough answer <laughs> to it today to make you feel like okay, great. Because guys that get this far along in the last year, they'll usually have an extension. Yeah, but you can't really he can't really overplay like, yes, we want to bring him back. Cause then Billy comes to me like, I want a big fat raise mm-hmm. and he can't, you know, so he can't really, you know, he, yeah. it's like anything. He, he can't really say anything. Um, cause it's not a hundred percent up to him. He's also but said I a hope- lot. He's also said a lot by not giving him an, ex- not getting in him, not having an extension yet. In my yeah. opinion, I hope he stays. I don't think that there's, there's anyone better that I can, think of and it doesn't seem like you guys have been able to throw out a name that would be better it, it, and it's, it's you have to find someone you just never know better. the guess with sam is that it'd be somebody that's more unknown probably right like somebody that's in a pipeline of san antonio or one of these assistants that's i mean you know because you, your hope is that you hit the home run with the next nick nurse right like yeah nobody knew who nick nurse also, was three years ago nobody and yet he's perennially now one of the better coaches in the nba you know exactly like, so that's what you hope. It's just hard to know. For me, is I would just ride Billy out and see what this rebuild looks like. And yeah. then you can make that higher, you know, maybe. And this is, it's hard because I it's I try to relate it because you try to get into Sam. And one of the things that in our, the Boomtown chapters is the Sam Presti methodology. 
And one of the things you see is that he does everything with intention, with an eye towards the process. So you can, in knowing that, is you can look back at Sam's journey so far as the GM of the Thunder and begin to hopefully maybe understand a little bit more of what the future is going to look like. Um, the PJ Carlissimo hire was was weird. I don't, but he's also the one that rode Scott Brooks quickly. But he's also the one that saw where Scott Brooks's kind of hit his ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that could be kind of the Billy thing, where Billy rides this new wave, develops some good players, they hit their potential, and then that's where Sam realizes, like, man, we got to go a different direction. So just maybe history repeats itself like that. But it's all just, I mean, it's just me guessing at this point. I don't, I think Billy would be fine for this next run of the Thunder. And maybe he's not the guy that leads him to a championship in eight years, but I think he'd do a really good job of getting these guys um, prepared for what's next. Yeah. Because the other thing is that, like, it doesn't it hasn't felt like there's anyone in the lower rungs of like assistant coaches that Presty is like grooming and thinking this is gonna be the next guy. Kind of like watching that last dance to where they had kind of gotten the word kind of gotten around like this is gonna be the next coach. And I have never heard anything like that. Yeah, even Guys, Doug you know- Collins felt that, right? I have a, I have a yeah. feeling of what's going to happen. I think that Billy is our Doug Collins, and finally JB Bakerstaff is going to get a permanent job. As <laughs> He'd already coach. Did. He already did. But Cavs coach. Yeah, he's permanently. Yep. Wow! Congratulations, JB. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna trade for him. Yep. I don't want JB Bakerstaff, man. Why? No one's had more experience. <laughs> Nobody has had more interim coaching jobs than that guy. No one has coached <laughs> as many teams as him. <laughs> what about Mark Degnault? He's kind of a guy that's kind of up and coming. What in the hell? <laughs> Just asking an honest question. I've never heard that name before. Who in the hell? Who he coached, in the hell? He coached the blue, was very, very, very good with the blue. And they moved him up this past summer. To the Thunder. How you spell his name? Uh, his last name is very difficult to spell. Hold on. Um, D A I G N E A U L T. That's not a real name. That's not I a real name. Him. It's French. He's a young guy. Yeah. Ooh, he looks like Presty. He looks like a coach version of. I'm Presti. just. I'm not saying that Mark Degnault's like the coach in waiting, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm like just saying Matt that. Like, I agree. Like, like Maurice Cheeks is not going to be the coach of the Thunder. <laughs> you know, like those things. Those kind of things are not going to happen. No. You know, but there are guys within this. Within like Mark Degnault's been a head coach for the Blue, brought up to be an assistant. He's got a head head coach mentality. Like Dave Bliss, who's like the big man coach, he's not going to be the coach for the Thunder. Brian Keefe's on the team still. Um, he's been an assistant coach for a long time uh, across the league as well with the Thunder and then with the Knicks. And, you know, he's been in the league for a long time, still a young-ish guy. So, I mean, like they have some guys. Mike Wilkes is another. I mean, there's, there's not not guys on the Thunder bench that you could foresee being – NBA head coach I mean, someday. any of the guys that went to Phoenix, not Mark Bryant, obviously, but the, oh, he's, I think he's from Darko. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's not out of the question. So, 
Did you know Mark Degnall is on uh, LinkedIn? He has a LinkedIn profile. I'm Does he? See who else has one? Wow. <laughs> All but like, I'm not saying though. I, I I don't I'm not saying I think Mark Degnall's the next head coach of the Thunder. But I just think you that, heard it here first. Oh <laughs> my God! Exclusive. Raymond Raymond Felton has a LinkedIn. Does he? Well, Raymond, looking for a job. Raymond Felton has a LinkedIn account. Trying to find a job. Wait a second. All these fools do. Okay, I don't know what's going on here. We have to do another podcast about um, NBA players have LinkedIn accounts because all of them do. Steph. It's popular. Zaza has one. Well, Trey Burke has one. You Pal. can't be clicking on them because it's going to email them and let you know that you were looking at them. Are you serious? It's true. Yeah, anytime you look at them, it lets them know. That's why you can't, you know, can't click it's in, around. It's intriguing, Andrew. Like, I wouldn't have thought that. The, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, they didn't make an extension, which I think at the beginning of the season, we kind of were wondering which side of this negotiation um, was not going forward because you don't know. We Billy don't know. could have said, no, let's wait to see what the season looks like. Sam could have said, hey, let's, you know, we just don't know which side is holding the leverage at this point. But I wouldn't have thought that Billy, I think he's been so good this year. Um, and part of that is also because he has Chris Paul. It helps. It does help tremendously helps. to have a guy that's like, "Hey, I'll coach on the floor." I and I would I'll say that I would like to keep Billy around. If it were my choice, I would have already given him the extension and said, "Great, stick with us for the next three or four years, and then we'll see where we're at." Uh, but the truth is, like, you have to you have to know that that hasn't happened, and so you have to keep your mind open, I guess, with the idea that. Right. They may be going with somebody else who is on the Thunder bench, who's a college coach, who's another assistant somewhere else. Like even Yudoka is a guy that's come up as the a potential guy for the Knicks. Heck, would Billy Donovan want to go coach the New York Knicks? You know, maybe. Nah, he hasn't shown to be completely stupid. Him he, and Chris Paul head over to the Knicks. He's a New York guy. Like he's a New York guy. Like, I don't, I mean, I mean, he is super New York. <laughs> and I am he, a New York guy. Grew up loving the Knicks. What can I say? I'd love to coach him one day. Billy hey, Donovan. forget about it. He might want to. Uh, okay. The other thing that he talked about was that the Thunder players have Zoom meetings every week. I bet their backgrounds are hysterical. Well, and he, he said that he, do, he doesn't want to, he doesn't, he doesn't sit in on each of each one of them but he said that he'll join for like a few minutes each time he said he doesn't try to be one of the guys because he knows that he is not one of the guys but that he just enjoys just their their banter and their uh, camaraderie on on zoom wow he's been watching the mj docs and he's like i really need to make it a point that that other people know i don't think i'm one of the guys like jerry Krause. Yeah, he was he was clear. He was like, I'm not I am not trying to cross this thing. <laughs> the, the, in the thing when that they had uh beat the Pistons and they were all dancing on the plane and Jerry Krause was dancing on the plane, I mm-hmm. loved that. I love that. And then Scotty Pippen was just openly and loudly making fun of him, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. So let me ask this question about this is just for my own interest. So I had friends that live over in the Mesta Park area, and they they run into Danilo Gallinari all the time. So Gallo physically like, run into him, yeah, with their car. No, two days ago they're just 
riding bikes down the street and Gallo's just walking with his girlfriend mm. uh, down the street, kind of downtown Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So I know that Gallo's here, which that's a unique circumstance because Italy obviously was, especially at the point that really things went locked down, Italy was um, kind of the center of all of this. And so I wonder, like, I know, like, Chris Paul went back to California. Mm-hmm. Like, where did everybody, this is just for my own, I don't know, just I'm thinking about it. Where did everybody disperse to? Who's still around? Like, you have any guess on any of that? I'm pretty confident that most of the young guys are still here. Like, Baisley and Shay and. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Danilo, once all this, you know, social distancing stuff is lifted, do you think he'd want to hang out with me? Because I think no, we'd be friends. Based on, no. uh, just a feeling in my heart. I think you're right. Um, I go with that. You all kind of have a similar hairstyle right now. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> so, <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> I've I've got the worst situation. You know what my situation is? I need a haircut so bad. Duh, everyone does. And my hair cut person is pregnant to the point where she's not cutting hair anymore and i i think from the message she sent me today it doesn't sound like she's coming back wow ever. so i've got well, to find you been someone to, new you've been to great clips have you ever been you can get a coupon i'll pass on a coupon to you yeah send him an email andrew no hey I there's a place called highlights out on council <laughs> i refuse to spend nine dollars on a haircut hey you're missing out bro i do too i spend seven Oh, with the coupon we've talked about inbox. this before we've talked about this before that's disgusting yeah. i will not do that i have to pay at there, least five times that andrew the people cutting your hair $35? are not surviving on the money they're making at, yeah. the, at the place it's that jimmy's it's that jimmy's egg life man as you do is that my do, problem you do 20 haircuts no i just want you to think seven they make the piece. offer they make the some money yeah they make the offer. I'm just taking they, Here's it. the thing. They're they don't stuck. tell you. Most places that I go don't tell you how much the haircut is before you sit down. You get done and they go, that'll be, you know, 30, $35, 40 bucks. And I'm just like, okay. Why are you guys Man. so prejudiced against me? It is you. <laughs> Y'all spend a lot of money on haircuts. Like, I'm not Andrew's level, I but I am zero. most definitely not 45, 50 bucks. It's not 45, 50. I mean, it's more like 30. 30, 30 is about 30, 30 is with tip. Haircut, 30 with tip is where I end out. Uh, yeah. I, I tip a little bit better than you, I guess. All I like okay, it. Okay, well, just I tip 20%. Tip so. It just depends. <laughs> but I'm ready for a haircut. I'm so ready. But Your hair looks good, El Man. You uh, and Danilo, same person. Uh, well, know. I would say that a million dollars back in 2000 is not the same as a million dollars today. Not so, the same. So frustrating. So, uh, so anyway, Sam is not one of the guys, but the guys enjoy each other a lot. And Sam wanted us to know that that the that the guys like being around each other, so that's good. Why are they doing these press con? Like, what is what was the benefit of that? Uh, just they trying to throw making content them, out there, like, hey, let you guys talk about this for a little while. No, nah, I mean, like, you're just making they're just being nice, just making them available. Or, he's bored too. True. Yeah, I think he's, it, he's I mean, creeping in on his players' he's Zoom like, meeting. I don't have any guys here. I'm used to just talking to the media. Where are my boys? My boys. I mean, it's the I'm first time. I mean, Chris talked last week, and Sam was supposed to talk last week, but it got pushed to today. Oh, what did he have going on? Yeah, he had to go into the office. I don't for know. A week. Trying to get a $7 haircut, I think. 
There's no way Sam Presti doesn't. Sam Presti pays a lot more for a haircut. (sighs) Oh wait, was did he have a haircut or was he wearing a hat? Oh, he wasn't wearing a hat. He he had he had a haircut for sure. You gotta you gotta look into that. You You gotta gotta roast him, bro. Oh, and uh, we did discover that he was wearing pants because that was one of Royce's questions. So good for him. Good good. for him. Hey, by the way, let me just give a quick shout out. The Dream Team talking about Royce's story from weatherford to ou yeah. to daily thunder it's good content man. it was pretty cool that was pretty I awesome need to listen to that you do uh you guys want to answer some questions you know this do you think royce's peak of his career was when he came to our live podcast and he didn't know us but he still came at, uh, nice the one at, at coop was really funny yeah that was fun yeah he's been it's so, all yes. been downhill from there yeah, there's no nothing else. Uh, ben Elephant King wants to know: Have you ever dyed your hair and or run off to Vegas with Carmen Electra, only to be brought back home <laughs> by Michael Jordan? That have, story was wild. Here's here's the thing: In seventh grade, I bleached my hair blonde. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Cool thing. It was the cool thing. And, and you had long around. hair then. You didn't. So I, most guys during that time had short hair. Mine was and long. were bleaching their hair. I did the same thing. Yeah. You had I like had, long, luscious, white locks. But they were. And to tell you how long they were, at some point during this time, pretty close after, <laughs> I, I got cornrows. <laughs> you did. It was so bad. Did you get cornrows? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was bad. That's funny. Corners and it was. Luke, was this like ironic, or did you think you were like walking uh, into school like king? I don't even think. I think it was over like the beginning of summer, maybe. I don't really yeah. remember, but I That's... know people came over to swim and I had it. But it, uh, it was. And looking back, there is a photograph of it, and it looks bad. Yeah, it's... Andrew, when you saw him, honest reaction, Luke's cornrows. I mean, I guarantee I just laughed when I saw it. <laughs> Because it also wasn't long enough on the side to cornrow the sides, yeah. so it was just it was, it was like just the, regular hair, just the top. <laughs> yeah. um, it was good. I mean, it was really fun, fun time. I fun. never, uh, I've never, I never full blown dyed my hair, but I did one time. I did the frosted, uh, frosted uh, tips. tips, just the tips. I've heard that's coming back. You should try it. Yeah, I I've got so much gray. It's kind of doing it on its own. You do? Uh, I can't yes. see it on Zoom. Yeah, hold up. No, it looks all oh, brown. Gosh, yeah. Uh, the tips were cool to frost. Taylor, did you ever dye cool. your hair? Yeah, I had frosted tips. Uh, there's still a huge <laughs> picture up in my parents' house of like a family <laughs> portrait, and I had frosted tips and glasses. That and is uh, really spike good. spiked up, dude. When you got frosted tips, Luke. Did they put that cap on and pull your hair through the little holes? That's what mine was. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts yeah. so bad. Yeah, it hurts. And then you think like, wow, even the guys in, you know, Backstreet Boys and, and Sync have to do this. Yeah. yeah. They don't have some special way to do it. Same thing. No, it That's hurts right. all of us. Uh, at Luke Austin Helms, best fast food French fries. Oh, gosh. Have we had this? I think we've debated this before. We've done this we before. Talk, we talk about this. Here's often. the deal. It's. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A are great. Very good. It, it doesn't count, but I would say Chick-fil-A and Arby's curly fries. 
doesn't count. One and, one and two. Ari's, what doesn't count? count? That doesn't count? They're french fries. No, they they're not the fries, curly fries. Counts. Okay, my bad. They do count or they don't, Luke? They I'm do. sorry. They okay. of course. Because they're If we're awesome. counting waffle fries, we're counting curly fries. Yeah. So is that number one and two? What about... Okay, how about this? Best straight fries. I mean, you, make straight out, straight, like... As long as they are fresh and hot, Say McDonald's it. fries McDonald's. are great. They are good. They are good. Any other Humus? competitors? Carl's so, Jr. Carl's Jr. actually are pretty good. They are pretty good. You it's know, like, Whataburger always has good Ah, fries. see, Whataburger. They're good. There it is. Yeah, I just That's don't do it. french fries at Whataburger. If I'm going to Whataburger, I'm getting onion rings. Oh, I've never got really? uh, uh, onion oh, yeah. rings. Are they miniature <laughs> onion rings? Yeah, they're just little onion rings. They're, they're not they? little, though. The no, bigger. they're they're just like John. Oh, the I thought they were little. No, is there some the size of onions? Like, they're just onion. Who rings. does the little ones? Burger King. Who has little onions? <laughs> How do you make little onion rings with smaller onions? Where I don't know. Rings? I'm just Never there's somewhere that does little onion rings from a small small farmer's <laughs> farmer's garden. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, so yeah. here's the deal is they're varying sizes. So some of water water burgers are this big. Water burgers, right. some of them are this big. Yeah. Some of them are this big. Like what an onion. Because if you take an onion and you just start kind of cutting it. Will you oh. explain onions to me? What? Next question uh, from at Smelly <laughs> Fart Box 88. Smelly Fart Box. Will this shortened season have negative impacts on the development of the young guys like Baisley, SGA, Dort, Hami? No. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to, to be a basketball player. None of us. And you also don't know what it's like to be a basketball player in the middle of a pandemic. No, let's do. That's I really think you can look back. Too. I mean, if we really wanted to work hard on answering this question, you could always go back to like lockout or strike seasons you know and say all right well these guys that were rookies this year but development is happening and i i think that may 8th or whenever here in oklahoma as things start to open up i think you'll see those guys especially be in there early because if you think about it like the younger younger people are more naturally going to be the ones that don't really feel like this is affecting them or worth their time to really do these things and so i think you'll see those guys speak for yourself jay yeah. For the most part, that's a generalization, and I'm so sorry. But what you do see is is like I could see those guys being the ones that are in the gym, they're working hard. Like I don't, I don't really foresee this really impacting their development at all. Yeah, here's the deal. Like, I mean, SGA is going to be super good. That's that's like locked in. Basley, Dort, and Hami are all kind of mystery boxes at this point. I don't know. Like Dort is Dort ever going to be able to shoot it well enough to stay on the court for thirty minutes a night? Yes, I have no idea. Hamidou Diallo, we thought the world of him last year. This year, it's like uh, he can really jump. Is no, he, no, is, no, 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 no. Is no, he no, going to no. figure it out? I loved Hami until he got injured. He was playing really well until yeah. he got hurt. But again, well, really well is not. Right <laughs> is phrase, is he going offensively? Is he going to figure it out? No, and basically. Right. I mean, Baisley can play, certainly. But how much better does he get? What does that look like? I don't think we're going to look back and say, well, you know what? If COVID didn't happen, Baisley would be a lot better than this. <laughs> right. You know what I right. mean? So I just think that those guys in particular, those those three, 
I don't know that this is necessarily going to change their trajectory all that much. I mean, maybe it could. I'm not saying that it couldn't. But I I doubt that it does for them. Uh, just because, I mean, the odds of all three of them becoming good NBA players, is the odds are low. You know, it's probably not going to happen. Oh, wow. Can yeah, you see got, these? I've oh, been doing yes. small yeah. onion research. Yeah. Seeing a lot of shallots here. Um, but if you scroll down, you mm-hmm. start to see these. <laughs> little onions called crystal white wax onions yeah the people uh, that are listening which is everyone since this is a podcast no, we got some people watching shared, there's some people that can watch i know but for the podcast podcast <laughs> taylor has screen shared a google image search of small onions it's a lot of shallots on my screens that's not what i was looking for i should have uh maybe i can change it but we have some pearl onions yeah um not you know these are a lot of onions I'm not used to seeing to be honest with you, uh, so maybe there is a place that is using pearl onions for their onion rings. Have you not searched small onion rings and oh, see where wow. they're available? Well, let's do this together, shall we? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, here we go. BKs, look there at those little BK. onions. Those look like little guys. There it was. I was trying the question. To tell you. you guys looked at. Answer. I have never felt more stupid than the way you guys looked at me through Zoom well, when I mentioned. What is this? Small These are fake onion, onion rings. rings. These huh? are fake onion rings. Now they could take that step, and they could just take the onion, kind of like they make chicken nuggets, where like you take yeah. the onion and you just kind of make it into a little whatever shape you want it to be. <clears throat> You think that's yeah, what's happening? I don't. I truly I don't understand. What you like? Process you cut the onion to make the onion ring. Some of these onions are so thin and skinny they look like calamari. Luke, <coughs> have you, they cut, have you cut an onion before? Do you know what onions are? I mean, I've cut them, but not into rings. It's, v- just, it's you cut, it's it is a ring. Literally the easiest way to cut <laughs> the onion. I, I, I don't cut a bunch of onions. Can we just? I mean, so are you all Johnny's? Onion ring fans. Oh, who is well, not? My daddy is. Oh, I'm man. Johnny's fan. Johnny's by my house. Opened a bar, and I can't wait to. Go. Oh, so, really? So let me ask this question. So you get your onion rings from Johnny's. Uh, well done, like cooked extra. Oh, I've heard you yeah. say this before, but I just haven't Ooh, done it yet. Man. Give him a shot next time you're there. Say I need them extra done. Like anytime well done. I ever get uh, fajitas, which is pretty often when i eat uh, mexican food i ask oh. that the onions be super well done so yeah that's a good yeah, call. i like i i'll eat onions if they're cooked a lot yeah. all right next question is Sorry. from smelly you, fart box 87 how do you like your onion rings just kidding next question <laughs> is from at trav underscore is underscore funny uh a while back on the OKC Dream Team pod, oh, no. Brett Dawson talked about having an ex, I think, eating peanut butter and tortilla chips. I'll be trying this out out of boredom tonight. Have you guys tried any out have you guys tried anything out there out of boredom? Maybe some unholy food unions. I I short answer, no. But what I have been eating a lot of is I just bought some crunchy peanut butter, mm-hmm. crunchy peanut butter spoon. That's it. You know what? It is one of the only like condiments. Would you call peanut butter a condiment? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in the no, time of coronavirus. You can call it whatever you want spread. to. Yeah. I'd call what it a the, spread. What in the hell? Yeah. Okay, a spread. But you're not eating most other spreads just on their own. But peanut butter, especially crunchy. What it, spread it's would got you kind eat on your own? Package. 
crunchy peanut butter. I'm, I'm crunchy, getting crunchy a big spoonful of jelly. Ooh, that seems like a lot. What kind of jelly, though? <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't do that. Um, what about, so you're not going to eat a big spoon of ketchup? No. No. That's why I don't think peanut butter is a spread. My own knees. Would you do Nutella? Oh, yeah, Nutella, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, I have, I will just, like, lick on a freaking spoon of Nutella like a it's, sucker. It's very I would argue that peanut butter is actually a type of yogurt. Okay, all right, everybody, everybody be quiet and let Luke Luke explain this for at least 10 seconds before we go at him. Peanut butter is not a condiment because you don't eat, you can't just eat a spoonful of, like you just said, but I'm explaining, ketchup, mustard, you can't just spoonful, eat it. (laughs) However, what is it like? It comes in a little jar, it comes in a little (laughs) jar, yogurt, PB, they are both... They're both in their consistency, kind of so close, stupid. kind of close to being, they're kind of close to being with each other. Some, some yogurts have chunks in them. Some don't. Some, some creamy peanut BB, some crunchy PBB. And so they, so I would say that peanut butter is a yogurt. That's the worst argument Closer to a that lawyer. than a condiment. Closer to that than a condiment. Let me. Uh, this guy literally defends people in court, and that was your. Argument. I would say it's right. I'd like to begin. I would say I'm right. I'd like to begin closing arguments. This is from <laughs> is a quick Google search. Honey, peanut butter, jam, and other spreadable sandwich toppings yeah. may all classified as condiments. May. Oh wow! May. With the subcategory with the, sub-cord- with the category subcategory of, of spread, mainly because they are <laughs> thick and usually eaten individually, perhaps on toast. I believe it's a condiment or spread. Also, Luke, Definitely like, not a yogurt. Hold on, let me Google. Close, it is close to a yogurt. You that had is, the whole food kingdom to compare peanut butter to stuff, and you chose compare yogurt to something else. What well, it doesn't compare to anything else. Yeah, it compares to honey, jam, and other spreadable sandwich toppings. You could say like there sandwich. is literally not a Google search for is peanut butter a yogurt? <laughs> peanut butter is closer to yo. All of these say peanut butter yogurt. These are peanut, peanut butter yogurt. Butter, yogurt. Yeah, it's peanut butter yogurt though. Yeah, I peanut can make mustard yogurt. yogurt too. So Bangelo asked a question as well, and it's is there anything been real <laughs> decadent that you've had? What did she say? What's the most indulgent thing you've eaten in the time of quarantine? I thought this goes pack, back to it. I got a package of Reese cups. Oh, you did? The mini, the mini ones. Wow. Oh man. Did you dust the whole thing? Oh my out of Did you dust the whole thing? I just, <laughs> those things. I keep them in the fridge to keep them to make them yes, a little uh, Luke. Oof. You're redeeming yourself, Ooh. man. Wow. Ooh, it's good. I classify Reese's peanut butter cups like beef jerky. Right? <laughs> I would classify them kind of kind of more as a gusher. Where the gusher has the cream, the creamy uh fruit goo, and the Reese's has the PB. Similar, similar, know, same, same but different. I know something else that's got the creamy fruit goo. That's <laughs> the creamy fruit, fruit goo in it. It's kind of like that. Would you say that Reese's has creamy fruit goo? No, Gushers has the creamy. That's actually the that's a better goo. argument than yogurt and peanut. The butter, Gushers right? have the creamy fruit goo. Does it equal to the Reese's having the PB? Does it is the, the PB gush goo. out? So though? let me let me. I'm I think it would in. have to gush to be a gusher, right? So my birthday. It's literally called was, a gusher. My birthday was whenever it was. Was that last Friday? And I think so. Texas, Texas uh, Roadhouse 
has a steak deal that they do just randomly throughout the week. Two ribeyes, <clears throat> two strips, 12 rolls with their their cinnamon butter, oh, yeah. four baked potatoes, and a giant salad for like 50 bucks. Now, you have to take it home and you have to cook it, but it's a tremendous deal. I ate all of it by myself. <laughs> all of it? No, I'm just kidding. I I had forgotten what the question was, and I was trying to to figure out how you're going to relate this into gusher. this is a gusher. Yeah. yeah so too. a good cut. Of I meat created a gusher out of all of these ingredients. No, man, it's my the most. Uh, that's the most indulgent, indulgent thing. But here's the, here's the indulgent part of it. It's not the fact that I ate that on my birthday, but that I had a second ribeye that I was like, man, I could freeze this or I'll just eat ribeye two nights in a row, which is like. Now I'm thinking I'm gonna have a heart attack and have to go to the hospital, and this is a horrible time to go to the hospital. Disagree. So. I think I think you're good. You look good. Sounds, I feel better. I feel better. It sounds good. Man, it was too. They we, send it with their little seasoning, and oh, it's incredible. Oh, so that's the most. Texas involved. Roadhouse is oh. great. It is great. Great restaurant. Yeah, great I disagree. Restaurant. I think they really depend on their atmosphere and uh, like crack peanuts, throw them on the ground, kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's like a you go Texas Roadhouse. It's an experience. It's like going to Shogun. That is, you are. But Shogun is, is actually not, good. I mean, Texas Roadhouse stomps Shogun into oblivion. Oh, yeah. n- that is a bad take. That's not right. But but <laughs> Texas Roadhouse is good. Andrew, jump in. Even Yogurt Boy. I agree. With you. I agree with Jay. Um, Roadhouse is good. It maybe doesn't stomp him into the ground. I would just say they're equals. They're equals. We've uh we've gotten bribed by ten a couple times because it's fifty percent off Freaking right now. Half off. That's very indulgent. It was. It's been very. We had it tonight. It was. Did you do steak or great. what? Did you do. I got a steak and uh, mashed. You get the wagyu. Excuse me. You wagyu. <laughs> I did a pork chop from there. It was pretty good. <laughs> the wagyu. I don't know what that is, dude. The also, wagyu. here's the deal. Hey, steak. hey, oh. you, Andrew and Luke, Bira Bira. <laughs> yeah. Is owned by the same company. Yeah, we did. We did beer, beer uh, last weekend. Their What's chicken beer? parmesan. Did you do the chicken parmesan? What's we, beer, did, beer? we did pizza. It, it is. I bet it's fifteen inches. Wow. Around. It's <laughs> me and and me and my son split it, and then we eat it twice. That's how big it is. What is beer, beer? It's an it's Italian, Italian place. restaurant. Oh, in, in uh, Chisholm. You don't need to get a Chisholm spaghetti Creek. meatball. <laughs> I bet yeah. these deals are going to go. I bet they're going to start going away. Though. I was going to say pretty soon. Also, um, Hatch. We did Hatch. On, also half. On Sunday. Half off. Hey, the Mule has a freaking killer burger deal right now. They do. If you're in downtown Edmond. 25 bucks for four burgers, four a burger large sides. fry, and a large tot. And they have $10 32-ounce growlers. Yeah. I'm all about that. That's a growl. Very good. Wow. I think the most indulgent I've been so far is uh, not with food, but I did smoke two black and milds in one night during this <laughs> quarantine. Is that true? That's yeah. It was it was a bad idea, but I mean it was a good idea. I was just you know we're all being indulgent in our own ways. At just on a quest, would you sign Kyle Singler to a lifetime contract where we had to give him ten minutes a night if that meant that the season? could safely resume right now no not worth it no no i'll just take the hit move on to the next yeah, one i'll lose the season yeah at grubs damien 
The most realistic... Now, we have to answer it this way because this is how he typed it. The most realistic sing and trade team for Gallinari. And what would the trade look like? Yeah, it's a great question. It's got to be... It has West to have Victor Oladipo because he can sing. <laughs> Wasn't he on Mass Singer? Yeah, so Oladipo for Gallinari is a good sing and trade. Another good sing and trade. Who else can? Um, oh, who just released? Aaron Gordon just released the rap about Dwayne Wade. Yes, that counts as singing. That actually is a good sign and trade, but also a, maybe a better sing and trade. Good sing and trade. Um, Dame, because he raps as well. Yeah, that's. I'm Aaron not Gordon, the, man. That'd be awesome. You would. Yeah. Is Dame for, the best one for Gallo? And whatever. I do Dame. I do Dame sing and trade for Gallo. <laughs> for Gallo and uh, CP. Yep. I don't know anybody else that sings. Uh, remember when KD was doing like songs with Wale and stuff and had a studio in OKC? How come we never heard his songs? He didn't really. He didn't. He like was on one one of his things and he was like, Hey, Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City Thunder. And that was like it. And I was like, this <laughs> well, he was like releasing photos of like, he like nailed that, in the in the I studio. I'm a huge Wale. I used to be a huge Wale guy. Is that Me true, too, man? Is that, is that the robot Wale. that eats trash? Yeah, that's Wale. <laughs> <laughs> but Wale was Hey, awesome. unpopular, I, unpopular opinion probably, but Wally might be my favorite of all animated movies. It's very, very, very good. I saw it in New Whoa. York at like it's a incredible. Three, two or three o'clock in the afternoon performance. And so I didn't really think that's not when I normally go to the movies. So it was like me and like every babysitter and child in the New York City Upper East Side. And seeing it in a thing full of children made it so much better because their reactions were hilarious. Like they were reacting how it was it was made for children. It was great. Really liked it. I bet you did. Wow. Hey. That's why you gotta <laughs> see Marvel movies opening night too, because it's that's who it's made for. Dude. Nerds like me. I went to Star Wars opening night and Lord of the Rings opening night. That is the that's I didn't the go to Star Wars too. opening night this year. I saw it by myself and it was We were supposed to see it, but then I know. Oh yeah, that uh, was the night of the the yeah, the shooting happened. Yeah, at Penn Square. Yeah, the right shooting up. happened, and it messed messed up Star Wars. It did. Uh, the Miami Heat are going to have twenty six point five million dollars in cap room this summer. Yikes! I'm and, scared. They're and, actually going to get someone. And well, think about this: they were trying really, really hard to get Gallo at the trade deadline, and maybe they're just like, "Screw it, we don't we'll need to wait and get him in free agency. We'll get him in free yeah, agency." So much money at him. And Gallo, judging by the different kinds of sunglasses that he likes to wear, would probably really like Miami. Oh my God, he he honestly deserves Miami. So he just throwing that it. out there. There may, I mean, he doesn't have to do a sing and trade or even a sign and trade. Um, he could just go sign right out with Miami. So just it just depends what Miami is going to give him years wise, right? Because you're going to think this is probably Gallo's last big contract. So if if the, he says, if Miami says, we're not going to, we'll give you two years at 24, but the Thunder, like, we'll sign you for three for, you know, whatever, or we'll sign you to four and make it, I don't know, like Miami still may not have the motivation to make that move, but there's more likelihood that they could. Yeah. Because even Pat Riley was 
I mean, who is he hesitating on because of the years? Because they're one of those teams that's trying to save cap room in order to try to get Giannis. Mm-hmm. And I wonder also, like, one of the things nobody's nobody really knows that's uncertain about this time is, like, how much the financial loss of this season is going to impact yeah. the salary cap going forward anyway. Like, there are going to be teams that have been planning to have salary cap that gets cut dramatically, I would assume, but maybe I'm crazy. I mean, there's a $2 billion potential loss this year if they don't if they don't recoup some of the season. Yep. Which makes me think that they will do something. Absolutely. <laughs> if you had $2 billion on the line, that's like $1 million survivor dollars. <laughs> that's right. We talked about Survivor and how Jay is amazed that they still only get paid a million dollars. Yeah, For, go it's through the hell game. It's to win the game. It's the gameplay. You gotta, you're showing. I mean, it's a whole thing, Jay. You need to get into it. Yeah, yeah, I will. <sighs> At underscore little underscore kiwi, what was y'all's favorite early internet website? Mine was homestarrunner.com. That was the first thing that came to my head. Was that was Homestar, a great one. Homestar Runner was good. I it wasn't the E bombs world. Yeah, yeah E bombs. That world. was probably mine. It was pretty good. Yeah, some good stuff. Pretty funny stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, we used to watch Homestar Runner at your house all the time, Luke. Yeah, we watched it a lot. Um, you know, you know, you're talking about uh, how you showed your kids Charlie bit my finger and that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should show them those E bombs world GI Joe cartoons. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like when the guy comes in, he's just like, body massage. Yeah. Like, I'm a computer. Yeah, they would like those. Pretty, those are pretty funny. And I think, I think not all of them, but I think most of them are okay for kids. Yeah. I need to I need to view these again. That's, yeah, you I should. have not heard of these so in so long. I got you. Oh, man. Uh, Charlie Bit My Finger is, it is, it is a big hit at my house. I'm sure. Big hit. Uh, let's see. Hmm. <laughs> At Groom's Jeb wants to know my favorite Blink One Eighty Two song and album. Uh, I know what mine is. What mine is, is uh, the party song. Oh, <laughs> off of um, Enema of the State. Enema of the State. Yeah, that's good. That's your favorite? Yes, I really like. Really, it. that's a yeah. that's a wild one. It's a good one. What's your uh, favorite? I'm not sure. I don't know what my favorite song is. Hello there, angel from my nightmare. I was a big dude ranch guy back in the day. Where are you? <laughs> After take off your pants and jacket, I was a little less That's of, my a, favorite. of a Blink fan. That was a great one. It was good. I really liked that one. I bought the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, the live one, and uh, yeah, got my it. dad heard me listening to it and took it away from me. Never yeah. gave it back. Yeah, <laughs> he still has it. He does. Or he, I think he sold it with his truck that he had. And took it hey, away. let me just say this: um, Blink One Eight Two hit a little bit too late in my life. I don't really. Wow, I'm not a blink. I'm no, not no. a blink. I'm You've, not a blinkman. So you have one blink song that you like. I mean, like. I, the only ones I could tell you the names of are all the small things, and then uh, what's my age again? Yeah, favorite song. There you go. Ne- neither one of those. You have to have one. Do you like one rather than the other? Uh, Girl at the uh, the rock show. I did like the slow one that you were singing, Taylor. 
Change in the minute, man. That one's I'll fine. Miss you, miss you. So no, we're don't like that one. Song ever. Guys, we're all getting around it. We all really, what we all really want to talk about is boxcar racing. Oh, yes. that's so true. Because if you liked Blink One Eighty Two, you loved boxcar racing. Oh yeah, so true. God, is that so a band? True. Yeah. Yeah. No. So hey, how about this song? Side project. It was a side project. Yeah. I think this song is what made Boxcar Racer. Uh, so here's your holiday. That's Blink One Eighty Two. I know, but I think that's the song that they wrote, and they're like, "Holy crap, we like, need to make whoa, another band." This song could be a whole other band. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that song is what Boxcar Racer was. I think it's just Tom DeLonge believing that aliens are real and pushing that to the limit is what led to Boxcar no, Racer. No, that's, that's Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, true. I think it just so, pushed. I think it just pushed him out in many directions. Is what I'm saying. Here's my favorite one. Is my favorite Boxcar Racer song. Okay, is Cat Like Thief. Yes. Which not? Which is the only one they let that guy sing, and it's boom, so boom, 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 boom. We used to listen to that all the time. Yeah, it's good. We used to listen when to that is this? All like the, the oh my goodness, the early two thousands. Like, yeah, like sophomore two, year, probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, we yeah, all the time. We just drive around uh, in your Durango listening on to that. Oh, that on. Oh, that on. Dude, this is pretty bad. I did once push the limits of the song. I'm feeling this in college. To uh, Ooh, that's a great song. To <laughs> Tell da- them what you did. To dangerous levels. Ugh. levels to where I, th- I almost had death threats so it I, was unbelievable. I wanted to make it my number one song played on my itunes which was a challenge because i'd listened to many other songs many many times because it used to like keep track of how many times you'd listen to songs and so i decided that's going to be the song and i'd maybe listen to it like two or three times and so i left it on repeat and turned it up as loud as i could for maybe two or three days in a house where 40 other people live in very close proximity to him um who was your roommate <laughs> um probably greg. <laughs> yeah probably greg at the time yeah he was yeah some people really began to enjoy it more and more as it went on and most people it were waves it went in waves yeah it did yeah because you'd have to go in there <laughs> at some point and just listen to it a few times with you <laughs> What song is this? Uh, I'm feeling this by Blink One Eighty Two. I'm feeling yeah. this. I lo- I still like that song, man. It's- Andrew Andrew would do that sometimes. Like there was another time in college where he said, so "I'm going to stay up all night and continue to listen to uh, uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy <laughs> theme song all night long." Yeah. Not study, stay up for study, stay up to listen to it as many times as he could. It's true. And he knows exactly, so he'd be listening to it. And like right before like certain part, he'd be like, apple chomp. And then it's like the part of the song where it just goes, how? Yeah. And he knew, he knew backwards and forwards by the end of the night. It's true. I just sometimes just want to devote myself to one song. It's a, it's an honorable. <laughs> it's an, I've heard this song. Is, is this it? That's it. Yeah, I have heard that song. Yeah, I would go crazy. Yeah, it's it's a great song. Okay. Yeah, sorry, we're watching the video now, everyone. Yeah, if you're... sorry, we have we have we actually forgot that this world. is for other people. <laughs> Gosh, man. Yeah, are, are we still recording? People are going to be loving this. I think there will be some. They're people... going to be feeling this. We need. All... They're, they're feeling it. They're, they're feeling, feeling this. this. Listen to their podcast. They're feeling it. 
Yeah, I just wasn't. I wasn't a huge Blink One Eight Two guy. Oh, real, great, you know Jay. That. Good time to bring that Jay. up. Jay. About that time, I think about that time that you all are listening to that. I was like really into like David Gray and Tracy <laughs> Chapman. So that's if you want to know my. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about Tracy? Okay, favorite Tracy uh, Chapman song. Go. Problem man's man. got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I quit school. That's what I did. Mine working a, at a convenience store. Give me one reason. Yeah, it's a good. Body's too old to look like this. Into, though, at that time, Body's Taylor will appreciate old. this. That's that's right. When I started getting into Incubus, though, I was a huge oh. Incubus fan. Right oh there, man, we're gonna gain a lot of fans and lose a lot with Incubus. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. When uh, Morning View, not Morning View. Uh, no it must have been morning view it's right when that came out 2001 huh yeah so i got really into them i saw them live live three times it's so much better (laughs) that's their best song (laughs) when everyone is in that's the best song wow number one song that uh at Kiwi Greg five 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 five, care to comment further on the Chris Paul to the Knicks trade rumor? Yes, here's my comment. Welcome to DJ Booms. Name this artist and song. Whoa, Ember is a color of it. Three eleven, baby. Come on, man. <laughs> so, uh, Ian, I don't know if you guys read this today. Ian Begley wrote an article. He uh, writes about the Knicks about a Chris Paul to the Knicks trade. And there were some things in it that I didn't realize. It sounds like a Knicks thing to do. Yeah. One, it does sound like a Knicks thing to do. Two, they have many players that are have partial guaranteed contracts for next year. So you the Knicks could theoretically only guarantee the million dollars of, I think it's Todd Gibson, Bobby Portis, and then there's one other. And then a trade could be completed between the Thunder and the Knicks, where the only thing the Thunder have to take back is Reggie Bullock, who makes $8 million, and like Frank Nilakina. And that's it. That's all they'd have to take back. It sounds like the, the problem is because the, what I've read about it is the Knicks think they'd be, wanted, it'd be good to like re, restart like their culture because they see that Chris Paul is good with young guys. Yeah, Nick. The Knicks also love drastically overpaying players that are a little bit past their best years. Yeah. Well, they have and new that, management. Yes, but the problem that will not change is they have the same owner. Yeah. And so, no matter what changes, the fish rots from the head. It's true. That owner, it's going to go bad no matter what. So great it's if, very true. if they do it and give it and make it to where it's good for us awesome but i think this is going to happen because it sounds like something that would happen yeah so leon rose uh was uh chris's agent for a long time and he's he's their new president of basketball ops so really close with chris knows the value that chris brings and if the knicks all they had to do was give up reggie bullock and one of Nilakina or Kevin Knox, and that's it. If you're the Knicks, why wouldn't why wouldn't you do that? And if you're yeah. the Thunder, 
I mean, maybe maybe you think you can get more from somebody else, but you can get one of their young prospects. I think it would be interesting that for them to bring it in, like give him a good like end of his career, start the culture, and then bring him in as like a coach or something like that. Yeah, Chris will play I after this see. contract, though. Yeah, but I mean, but they want to. But so who's going to pay him the amount that he wants to be paid? The to, Knicks and you know, yeah, not too many I, other places. I, I think he'll go play with LeBron. It makes so much sense for that to happen. They've been trying to do that for so long. For so long. But I didn't I didn't realize that there was that many that much money of non-guaranteed dollars out there for the Knicks. Yeah. To just wave those guys. And then the Knicks could absorb a vast majority. I mean 30 something million dollars of Chris Paul's contract to bring him in. Which, if I'm the Knicks, I would do that in a heartbeat just because we've seen... And a lot of the Knicks fans, it's funny you read the comments and they're like, not again. Not trading for a guy that's over the hill again. Please, no. You know, because you think of Amar Stoudemire, you think of Joachim Noah and all these guys that were basically brought to New York to die, you know, yeah. as NBA players. I, I mean, I, I would hope... That, I mean, I think, and our our view of Chris was that way too. When it's like, oh great, like our thunder era, thunder era is over. Now Chris comes in, and is going to end it. But the truth was that Chris came in and helped like revive something that we didn't even know was going to happen. Chris Kamen did. Chris came. Chris Kamen. Did you know he's <laughs> been on the Thunder this whole year? He's <laughs> yeah, actually like he's- the secret to the Thunder success. He's the glue. Chris Kamen. He's been laying down on the bench behind the guys this whole year. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's an interesting deal. And I, I think that it's more possible than I thought. Because if, if, if the Thunder only have to bring back Reggie Bullock and Nilakina or Kevin Knox, who would you rather have out of those two? Oh, man. Probably Knox. Knox has not really been what we what he looked like he was going to be though. Yeah, but I it, mean, I, mean, I take Nelikina. At that point, for me, I'm re- I'm taking the total flyer on who has the highest potential to fit a need that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in Shay. I mean, I'm I'm man. I may be way wrong in this. Did Shay and Knox play together? Mm-hmm. Like, there's at least a relationship. They're basically putting together that Kentucky team, which is wild since that was a very underachieving Kentucky team. But Tommy was on that team. Yeah, Diallo, Shea, and Knox all play together. Whoa, so, that's but you just take a flyer, like because the the benefit of that is way more that that you're. He's just, a big. He's a big wing. The Thunder don't have any big wings. Yeah, and I think, I mean, dude, it's hard. Like, I, I I get it. You want to see more from Knox, man, but dude, it's hard to evaluate anybody playing on the, that team specifically. Mm-hmm. But Knox yeah. hasn't been great much yeah. of any of his career. No, I agree though. I like Frank. I like the idea of Frank. Um, yeah, I just but, I'm just kind of out on guys that don't that can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, we need less of those. Yeah, we've got enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Knox and Shea and Baisley and I mean you have a pretty fun Dort. You have a pretty fun little young yeah. squad that would Knox, win. Knox at least games. can theoretically shoot. Hasn't been right. able to shoot in the league, but theoretically can shoot. All right, last question from at Q918. Who has the higher ceiling, SGA or Spida Mitchell, and why? I mean, 
I don't uh, know. Shea, that's, that's Shea because question. he's on my favorite team. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shea because Donovan. I like him. I think the hard part about Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell is just – and so here's maybe the question to help help process this. Is Donovan in his second year versus Shane his second year? Who was, who was the better player, Donovan? I think it was – because Donovan had year a was the year that the Thunder year. played them, right? God, he's yeah, been his so good year. since the start, man. That was his rookie I, year. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, Donovan started his rookie year at twenty points per game, on like not the best percentages, but not bad, and uh, actually pretty good percentages. And it's the, and then twenty three and twenty four, so he's just been good from the start. Yeah, I'd probably say Donovan, but it's not that far as the crazy thing. I think Shea is incredible and has tons of potential. Yeah, I like Donovan's athleticism, but Shea is just so different. He doesn't yeah. depend on athleticism to be, to be fantastic. But his Mitchell's number, just a freak, man. His percentages are better. So your two splits are better. Your two Who's comps this? between Shea. the two of them. Um, Shea, yeah, shooting-wise... Shea's 47% from the field and Donovan's 43% from the field. Hmm. Um, Mitchell did shoot a little bit better from three and shot way more threes. He's 36% from three, 35 for for Shea. Uh, free throw line, they shoot both 80%. Uh, Donovan, four assists to Shea's three. Uh, Shea, six boards to Donovan's four, and then 19 points per game, and then 23 points per game. And that's this season, right? That's this season for Shea, last season for Donovan. Okay, so you, okay, you compared the same year. Yeah, and both of years. their PERs are Shea's PER is 17.8, Donovan's second year was 17.2. Mm-hmm. VORP is essentially the same. I mean, they're pretty close. That's a great question. They're very yeah, close. They're really close. It's just, I mean, it's it's really hard to say. Their roles are completely different as well. So if you put Shea in that position where you're in Utah, you're the go-to guy. Everybody else is like an ancillary piece, right? It's just like Rudy Gobert is not like the hub of your offense. Joe Ingles, you know, whoever else is on the team, Ricky Rubio, who played with him that year, those aren't those are role players within the offense, and he is the offense. Well, Shea's in a, in a situation where he's got Chris Paul next to him. He's got Schroeder, who all all three of them create. And still, Shea is scoring 19 points on 14 shots, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big deal. So if you upped, if you upped him to the, the 19 field goal attempts per game that Mitchell shot in his second year, you know, the efficiency says that he would be averaging, you know, 26-ish points per game. So, Which he's going to have that chance next year, but the, yeah. the, it, it's just hard to know what kind of team's going to be around him. <laughs> you know, like, that's the and, hard and part. I mean, it's not, even cer- it's not even certain. I mean, the Chris Paul could be back, and then you just... For sure. You do all of this over again. Way. But if I was betting, I think it'd look very different next year. I tend to agree. Yeah. Which is why I feel like it's that puts so much more pressure just personally. Like, not that I can impact or shape anything, but I really want to see at least some form of this team play a little bit more. Oh, without a doubt. Does that make sense? Like this. Yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. At least I know. I know they. 
likelihood of them playing the full rest of the regular season is pretty minimal, but let them run another five to 10 games and then play the playoffs. Like, yeah, I just want to see this oh. team run just because it's been such a special and refreshing team and year. Yeah. It's made it so much more. Can they get out of the first round? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, Absolutely. I want you, I want to see it. You know, you want to see it happen. Yeah. You know, if they, if they just started the playoffs, they play Utah and yeah. Utah's a team that there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with Utah. You know, between Mitchell and Gobert and yeah. the player. Being, and the crazy thing is, is like, we've talked about this already, but if the playoffs would have ended Thursday, if the season would have ended on Thursday, I think the Thunder would have beat the Jazz that night and it would have been in the fourth seed, mm-hmm. right? How crazy is that? It's crazy. It's great. I mean, if, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, the Thunder are going to finish the season a seed higher than the Rockets. <laughs> I would have I would have lost whatever amount of money you wanted to bet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I mean, that would be that would have been a bold, a bold prediction that the Thunder yeah. are going to finish higher in the standings than the Rockets. And that would have been so bold at the time. And it's reality. It's very strange. You want to know what this podcast reminds me of tonight? As it reminds me of when we started. So, long story. We started the podcast accidentally at Jimmy's Egg. Uh, we never recorded there, but Andrew, me, Luke, and our friend Jamie would meet, and we were gathering for actually a Bible study, and it would always just evolve into this conversation mm-hmm. about the NBA. And this feels like those conversations where it's just like, where are we going to go next? And we talk about this, and we talk about this, and. The only difference is, is that it used to be I was tired because it was six in the morning, and now <laughs> it's, it's midnight. It's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight. I know we're recording this at midnight because uh, having a roof put on my house, and there's no way to record a podcast when people are putting a roof on. You get house. hail damage? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta be careful about that. I got some hail damage last year. Had to repair my roof. Yeah. I'm trying to be careful. And then, careful, and then man. you know who comes out after the hailstorm? The vultures. Coming out want to make all the money. It's true. Lots of phone calls from roofing companies. Peanut butter is a yogurt. What a weird podcast. Andre weird. Miller. Andre Miller had a plus forty net rating uh, in the playoffs for San Antonio Spurs last season. <laughs> Andre Miller played for the Spurs. Yeah, sure did. Limited. In all capacities, limited. <laughs> limited. Report.